Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. You don't go to Moscow, Matt? No. Is that because you couldn't afford it? Um, I was offered the tickets and I thought, oh, well, there wasn't offered them. I was off- <laughs> they were offered to me for a fairly hot price and I thought, how much? You know what? They were uh, 600 quid. 600 quid. How much? Right. Per ticket. What, per ticket? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, um, but what I figured was, well, I had a conversation with my wife that went, <laughs> I'm thinking of going to Moscow <laughs> for said, work. How, how much would that cost? And and I said, oh, couple of grand. And she said, we can't afford that, can we? <laughs> she uh, knows best. And that's when we decided that we weren't going to Moscow. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as, as Basil Fawlty put it, that particular avenue of pleasure He's was close to me many years. years. <laughs> 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 because you know that Moscow is now officially the most expensive city on earth. Yes. Apparently so. Did you see David uh, Dimbleby? Getting, I did. Getting massaged on his Russian program. I, I want to talk to you about David David Dimbleby. Did you watch that last night? I missed it last night. I saw the first one. It was amazing. David Dimbleby goes to Russia yeah. to plumb the souls of the Russian people and, yeah. to, and to get to know this mysterious land. What's his major handicap in plumbing the soul of the Russian people? He can't actually speak Russian. He can't, can't speak <laughs> one word of Russian. But who can? Uh, the producer, right? So the producer, rather than being behind the camera saying, ask so-and-so, is now in front of the camera interpreting for him. Mm. Which makes you think, what you know, Jonathan, Jonathan, bugger off home. We don't need <laughs> you. Save on your fee. Give it back to yeah, the well, licensed I mean, people. You might say that, but episode one, which finishes with him in a traditional banya, <laughs> completely naked, being punched and pummeled and having lard spread across his BBC That's not a, I'm glad I didn't see that. It was amazing. It's one of the great television moments. It's going to be up there with the elephant pooing all over the Blue Pizza studio, I think, one of these days. Oh, that's classic. It, it's classic. Well, that's that's you, hard you, to beat. You literally see him lying there being punched in the back of I've come to plumb the soul of the Russian. Ow! Soul and ow! So with the producer being female, this wouldn't probably wouldn't have happened, would it? Um, I, don't, I, th- I think they actually got a, got a guy into hell out of that one. All right. So you listen to the Word Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're uh, j- joined in the, in the pod this week by regulars, Matt Hall. Say hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. 
Andrew Harrison. Say hello, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. And especially flown in from Planet Watford, Mark Vidler. <laughs> hello, Mark. <laughs> Mark Vidler of Go Home Productions, King of the Mashup. We're going to be talking about later on, but first we've got more football news to, you know, to, to deal with. Because there isn't enough football around, <laughs> Dave. That's why people come to what a music and entertainment we've podcast. We've spotted a gap in the market. All right. <laughs> Euro 2008 is happening soon. It is, yeah. Who are we supporting? Uh, uh, Whatever Greece. team has the most Arsenal players. Oh, uh, well. That'd be France. Yeah, are they in it? I didn't know France were in it. Uh, they are in it. No, they yeah, are yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. the squad. Trezeguet's not playing, apparently. That was this morning's big news. Basically, everybody's in it apart from us. Yeah. That's basically how they've organised it. Don't you love the fact that, obviously, this time last year, somebody in the marketing department, I think it's Mars, thought, I know what we'll do. We'll get thousands and thousands footballs. of footballs, <laughs> and we'll we'll brand them, and then it will get to Euro 2008. Everyone will want a football. It'd be fantastic. So they ordered these footballs, kind of like I don't know how many months does it take to make thousands of footballs, and then of course England, Scotland, yeah. Ireland, Wales, nobody gets in, <laughs> and they're left on their hands. And with, the, with but the they, aren't they they're going to organise mass games of football, aren't they? Well, they're, they're trying they're, to give it. To, to, I mean, you know, we've got to see something while you're not watching the football. How they're going to give them away, I think. So, who are you supporting, Matt? Oh, oh, come on, quickly! Come uh, on. Uh, does it sound really, really wanky to say the game of football? Oh, oh no! Oh, God, Andrew. Oh, uh, well, I'm going for Greece because my missus is half Greek. Okay. And they won it once, remember? They certainly did, and not fancied at all. You know, never do, never know. Might do it again. I'm with the Dutch. Spain yeah. could be good. Spain have never won Spain anything. Spain have never won anything. Oh, that's Fabregas, yeah. There we go. World-class player. <laughs> yeah, so, OK. Well, that's, uh, that's, our, that's our tips for Euro. What, <laughs> what if he's playing for Real Madrid? By the oh, no, 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 no. He's got his own Sky One show, hasn't he? So, apparently. Have you seen, talking of, well, we're going to move on to kind of YouTube things later. Have you seen Fabregas in a completely inflammable suit playing football with a burning football? Playing with a burning football. Is this the Pink Floyd uh, Premiership? Well, it's a, it's, this, it's a YouTube clip. Search it, Fabregas, flammable suit. I Can't saw him as Indiana <laughs> Jones. He's he's done that for some Pepsi advert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this actually play any football. I know. Well, that's probably why he started that in August when we started to, you know, yeah, dissipate. He, really, yeah. No, so. this is here. This is supposedly Fabregas. And you see him beforehand getting put into this suit, and then you see the helmet go on with the kind of eye thing. And then you see him get lit, right? Wow. Doused in petrol and lit. Are you sure it's him? Well, this because is it. And then, somebody <laughs> and, then some, and then somebody else on the training ground douses um, a ball in petrol and kicks it through a wall of fire. So the ball catches fire. And yeah. then Fabregas proceeds to juggle. Somebody in this suit proceeds to juggle this flaming football. It's like the stick. Yeah. It's the football that yeah. yeah. the stick. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks really good, I've got to say. And at the end it says... Eat crisps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crisps cash. make you yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I can think of many Spurs footballers I'd like to set fire to and see if it you know, <laughs> improved their activity on the pitch. But, uh, oh well, I'm glad we've dealt with that. So, Indiana Jones, which you already mentioned, Mark, mm. are, we, are we thrilled? Are we excited? We're supposed to be. Yeah. I don't how, know how supposed to be dead excited. He's, how old is he now? Is he 65? Oh, he's 66. 66. Harrison Ford is 66. But when does it take place, the film? It should. It, it's take. It, it's still during the war, isn't it? Well, we're supposed to believe he's, he's a sprightly twenty-two or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's, well, you know, it's, uh, this this kind of guerrilla archaeology ages a man, Dave. You, should, you know, it's, it's a well-known <laughs> fact. Um, I don't is know. It like, is it like Ryder Haggard She? Do you think he stepped through the light and is kind of crumbling before our eyes? He could well be. Yeah. So I heard the Radio One, the rather trenchant film critic who covers these things for Radio One. Uh, complaining had one major problem with the new Indiana Jones thing. Do you know what it was? No. The plot was quite far-fetched. 
<laughs> As opposed to the gritty realism of you know yeah. the Temple of Doom, exactly, and, and you know, yeah, the, the plausibility, the intense plausibility of a lot of ghosts bursting out the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, viewers. It's feasible. <laughs> yes. Well, what I can, I, I mean, the serious point behind my question is, I'll be excited because I get the feeling the kind of big pre-release hypes, whether records or books or films or whatever. Just are not exciting anymore. No, they're is not. Is that just me? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, just you. <laughs> we're, we're thrilled. Are you still excited? Me and Andrew were so stoked by the Iron Man film. I, I am still stoked about Iron Man. We're going to see that on Sunday, so is it is It, it is amazing. It's our best superhero film. The best superhero film. Does it last very long? Is it a couple of hours, three hours or something? It or? could have gone on for another three or four really? hours. Really? That's good. Yeah, I, could have, I could have watched another two hours of Tony Stark and his pole dancing air hostesses. <laughs> I'm maybe spoiling it a bit. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Are you prepared to accept that you may be among a minority with this, you and Matt? What, with that? Uh, We're being absolutely... <laughs> superannuated fanboys. Middle-aged men well, let's... excited by superhero. Yeah, well, it's a fairly small demographic. Well, uh, considering <laughs> that it's, it, it's already one of the top ten grossing films of all time, really? Iron Man. Uh, yes, it is. Right. Went into the top so maybe our minority, Matt, isn't so minor. <laughs> yeah, but no, 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 no. When it comes to top grossing films of all time, it really bugs me the way that they describe you know, it's beaten, w yeah, gone with the wind. they charge more money. Precisely. They don't, they don't factor into account the fact that... <laughs> you would say gone with the wind, but it's cost you a dollar. 30 cents. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine, but it's you still... You a dollar to live on the whole it's still not. It's still not a flop. All I'm saying, particularly if you're going to say Iron Man on Sunday, stay for the end, after the credits. Ah, it's stay the semester. The there is a little bit that will make you... If you're a Marvel geek, like me and Matt are, you will go, ah, at the very end. Very exciting. So you're going to stay right for the end of the credits, have you? Yes. Oh, that's a hot tip. Well, I, I'm not that excited. And uh, the, the, other <laughs> the viewers should know that Dave is actually wearing a uh, Howard the Duck Marvel T-shirt <laughs> right now and a baseball hat with the thing on it. But what uh, sort of film would you like to see? Uh, I, 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 interestingly, I'll, see, I'll be serious about this for a moment. I think so much of the, uh, the excitement that used to, used to be applied to, to the movies is now applied to television. You yes. know, so if somebody gave me The Wire Series 5, I'm very excited, deeply excited. Now, yeah. that could be because I've watched the previous four. You know, yeah. so you, you have a huge investment in them, in, in these things. But it's, I was talking to somebody from my Records the other day who had the unenviable job of trying to make the world excited about the new Coldplay album. Oh. And I thought, it's not easy, is it? I mean, there's a lot of people going to go and buy it. Yes. Yeah. But is anybody actually excited? Well, you could probably do a mathematical analysis of it. Of you know, People are sort of... You know, twenty percent excited, but a hundred percent of people are, you know, feeling that twenty percent level of excitement. So add it all <laughs> up, and the excitement is actually quite high enough to shift a lot of records. It's not comparable with the intense excitement about a band nobody's heard of. Do you think H&B will be opening their doors at midnight like they used to do you know, ten years ago for our Oasis albums? No, I, I think that's gone. Has now. that gone? Yeah. Really, I think it has gone. Yeah. It's been killed by the fact that you'll inevitably have had a leak beforehand anyway. Exactly. And I'm surprised that Coldplay is still on shot. EMI, because everybody's left. So, yeah. you know. Well, that's that's oh, the first shot of the They've right? left EMI, oh. exactly. I thought you were going to break some <laughs> <off> the <laughs> They're all, all of Coldplay and left. So has it leaked onto the internet? Well, they, had, they leaked the single themselves, didn't they? they? They did one of those kind of, hey, we're giving the single away, because it's oh, right, a they modern did, world. Yeah. And, but it, and the single still managed to go into the charts at a piping hot number eight with a bullet, which I don't know how many copies. Oh, that's that, shocking. That's about 28 copies that's these days. That's terrible. Right. The industry has given up on the idea that the single is something you'll make money on. Exactly. they say, hey, there's an album out, hey, there's a tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a way to get an advert on Radio 1. I should give it away free. What's well, they're doing that, that's good. sell, inverted commas, nowadays? I do not know. 
Nowhere near as much as going underground did, let's put it like yes. that. So when going underground went to number one, what were we talking about? Half a million or something like that? It's In the first week, at least. The only yeah. figure I can, I can ever bring to mind is the fact that Ebenezer Good did a quarter of a million. Good grief. Yes. Um, now, I, I think if anybody could sell, you know, even half of that these days, they'd consider themselves to be miracle workers. Very successful, I think they'd be. Yeah. Because mm. you have to stay at number one for months nowadays to ship that. You do. Yeah. 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 And very few things these days. I mean, Madonna was at number one, was it, for three weeks or four weeks or something? I think so, yeah. I think that's the average sort of lifespan yeah. now, isn't well, that, it? Well, that was a, a real achievement because most things, it's number one for a week and then... And then disappear, yeah. yeah. Straight yeah. down to 38 with a bullet. You know. Is the world excited about Madonna's return? I, I think there's consensus it's not very good. I think everybody... Is it, is it called Hard Candy or something? It's called Hard Candy, Hard yeah. Candy. I think that the, 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 you know, with big events like this, there's only really... People only have space in their head for one opinion, don't they? And I think the one opinion they've got about Madonna's record is it's not a really good record. It's the one they've got is, meh. Yeah, the one thing they've got is, meh, I can't really... Can't really <laughs> yeah, it's a non-opinion. It's a non-opinion. Uh, other things that have been exercising the nation this weekend. Have you seen the Wine Mouse video? Yes. No. The no. Wine no. Oh. Andrew explained the Wine Mouse oh, video God, this to is, two people who haven't seen it. This, this is, may come as a shock to you. This is very grim. It's a YouTube video put up by Pete and Amy... Um, Pete, uh, Pete Dozier and Amy Winehouse uh, were, it's, for some reason it's shot in this very sort of iridescent blue filter so they look even more dead than they ordinarily look and they're showing you a box of newborn mice and talking to them tiny, little, tiny mice. little mice this poor little the thing. end of Amy's feet. yeah and she's going this one's got a message for Blake don't divorce mummy Blake. Oh. I'm only one hour old, but I know what love is. And I look at this, um, <laughs> I'm looking for the button on the computer that says send in the social services snatch squad. Beep, beep, beep. Well, to the mice. <laughs> but yeah, for the mice. Yeah, these, these poor mice are an hour old, and that's their introduction to the world. So Why have you got 30 newborn mice in your flat anyway? Somebody said it was because he wants to feed his snake, but apparently you're not allowed to feed live <laughs> mice, you have to kill them. He's going, ah, it's, hey man, it's Pete Doherty, he doesn't care, he's got everything, he's got snakes and all that. So why have Pete and Amy gathered together? What have they got in common, Dave? I have no them. idea. What do, you, what, do you, what, what do they talk what about? What common interests? Do they, what do they <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a hard one, hang on. They yeah. <laughs> just got out of Jokey last week, didn't they? Yeah, well, maybe she's agreed to sponsor him and look after him and make sure he keeps on the straight and narrow. Oh, I see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah, I do she's not. find him a job. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As a mouse wrangle, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's just extraordinary. It's as if they've, they've, you know, it does suggest that it's all just about fame, isn't it? About publicity. I Where just, can, I, can I gather with somebody who will, you know, because you've got to be half of a famous couple nowadays, haven't you? Yeah. It has some mathematical effect on your yeah. level of fame, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, they obviously they must be a hello deal in the office. Well, what are they? The next thing. What are the, well, uh, on the on the page after uh, after Peter Windsor's wedding? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter Windsor, Amy, Amy and Peter, and their twenty twenty yeah. strong Invite family. Of yeah, invite to their lovely home. Yeah, kick it's over that KFC. Why their love is strong. Yeah, <laughs> but it, listen, if, if what's his face, Peter Windsor, is yeah. that what he's yeah. calling him? And Autumn, she's called. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that the royal family are going down market, but... Autumn? It's quite classy, isn't it? Is it? Well, oh. not called, you know, Demi Jade or anything. Uh, There's <laughs> any merits on. Anyway, <laughs> if they get a hold of a million for talking about the, you know, the, the relationship that nobody has any, any interest in, can't imagine how much Amy and Peter go. 
Yeah. yeah, but it's not, you know, that's not on brand for hello, is it? Well, you know, come into our lovely home and step over the <laughs> KFC and, the, and there's a dead mouse and a cat's weed on something. Step and, over the uh, ashtrays, oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And it is, you know, in Drugsy in the corner, he's just keeping on the couch, keeping on the couch for a week. It's not going to work, <laughs> is it? Plus, as we all know anyway, hello takes people into houses that might not actually be theirs. Yeah. And styles them. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. say, look at my lovely home and it's got a mini bar in the front room for some reason. <laughs> oh, well. It's got a trouser press. <laughs> <laughs> How you can tell it's not their lovely yes. home. Well, your 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 point it's about got fire fire regulations on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> and I make cups of coffee by using the kettle under the uh, sink tap. You know, yes, and there's a little and there's a little safe at the bottom of the wardrobe. <laughs> yes, it'd be quite there's useful for Pete and Amy actually. I wonder what they do. Yeah, but your your points about having to be half of a famous couple. One of the YouTube comments on this. We'll be discussing YouTube a little bit later again. Um, said hello. It's the Brangelina of crack, and that's kind of <laughs> what they are, really. I think it's awesome. uh, well, anyway, it's extraordinary. And if you, if like me, you've always uh, had the view that if there's one thing more boring than people taking lots, lots of drugs, it's people who take lots of drugs trying to entertain you. Yes, that is the apex of that argument, yeah. isn't it? It's well, the, just staggering. Well, the most chilling thing about it is that they're actually singing special songs to these newborn mice. Special they, songs? They, what songs they, are just written? Well, no, songs by the specials. You know, oh, no, this no, is no, the no, dawning no, no, no. of a new mouse life. That's what they sing to the mice. Oh, Rat race. Oh, that, would oh, no, 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 that, would, that would require an element of presence of mind. Yeah. That that one. So, well, uh, that's, uh, that's Amy Winehouse, yes. which we'll put a link to on the, yes. on the, on the website, wordmagazine.co.uk. A magazine, a website, a podcast. The word. Now, Go Home Productions. I think it's fair to say that in the five years that we've been going to Word, mm -hmm. there's probably one lot of records being played in the office more often than just about anything else. Mm -hmm. and, and I'd like to say that the man joining us in this room actually <laughs> made them. <laughs> <laughs> but some, you know, the, 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 the verb make doesn't quite apply, does it? They really? stitched them together they in his back room, yes. Yeah. Not like a kipper. That's right. And so, you know, we're talking about, uh, I suppose probably the most famous one, is, is a combination of uh, Blondie's Rapture and The Doors' Riders of the Storm. And if, you know, you've been sitting on top of a telegraph pole for the last few years and you've never heard that, here's the toast. Who put together that mashup and very and many others? Well, mashup is a bad word. Is it a bad oh, word? Apparently, the English call it bootleg. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Mashup is American. So, start at the beginning yes. for anybody who's, who's not abreast of this at all. Okay. How did you get into this? Uh, right about 2002, there was um, a few records appeared. One of them was uh, uh, the Freelance Hellraiser, and he put together Christian Aguilera and The Strokes. Uh, I think I can't remember which Christian Aguilera song it was. So was it? Uh, you, you put them together. Bottle, wasn't it? Yeah, in a bottle and some strokes. And uh, a stroke song, yes, which was off their first album. And uh, put the two together, sent it out to record stations, uh, radio stations, and uh, and it started getting some airplay. So that's how I heard it, and I thought, okay, I can do that. Mm. So that was in 2002, 
And it was just a case of, right, I thought, I can have a go at that. That sounds quite interesting. So I started to pound out every week loads of these amazing combinations, as people called them, and uh, it sort of got me a bit of no notoriety the world over. Um, so that's how it started. And then, but you're a musician, by Yes, back, back in the old days, I was a guitarist in a band called Chicane, which was uh, ah. back in the days of um, Chapter House and Ride and stuff like that. So uh, I had a kind of a, a small career as a guitarist. Can we say shoegazing? Oh, God. <laughs> did, you, did you ever gaze at your shoes? No, we were the only band that didn't gaze at our shoes. We actually looked at the audience. And right. then, well, the man they helped you as well, you? There. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So, so you need a musician's ear you do. to be able to do this. Because, you, you know, clown like me listens to Mark's first load of mashups and think, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. I'm, I've got loads of records. I've got <laughs> I like loads of records. I can take two of them together. And I, you, you should see the embarrassing state I got into attempting. You know. <laughs> I'd love to hear them. No, nobody. <laughs> what did you try What did you try and put together? I can't even remember. Was it Churchill's I wartime speech? I usually started with Hey Good Looking by Bo Diddley because it's one of my favourite records. And it's got a fantastic... That's what yeah. I, I recommend to you. Actually, okay, you know, I'll dig that out. I'll give you that for nothing. Um, <laughs> But no, so, so what have you learned about, because presumably there must be massive trial and error with this kind of thing. It is. I'd say for every 10 you get that work, there's 500 that are just awful. So how so, far do you get with the 500? Um, Verse chorus. It's just the fact that you can hear that they don't work in key or tempo. Yeah. But you get some kids who are obviously into doing these things, and they think, well, that works with that great, put it out, and they just cannot hear that musically it's just corrupt, yeah. it just does not work, you know. But you but, tend uh, to choose things that are from very different... Yeah, there's sort of a 20-year gap, you know, something from the 80s with something current, or something from the 60s with something from the 80s, and, and, and I always try and make it so that people know both the records that are being used, because yeah. it's half the problem, is if you put Captain, Captain Beefheart with Jamelia, not a lot of people are going to get God, Captain Beefheart. Well, that would be fantastic. Tatmask Replica, you know, that, that would sound great, uh, sort of mashed up. But doing it for a commercial point of view, trying to get people to understand what I was doing, those sort of records I wouldn't even sort of tamper with, you know. Because classic, sorry, no. Yeah, the word there, commercial, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because surely, has, has, has the long arm of Mr. Record Company ever come <laughs> knocking on your door? Well, well, they have, but the funny thing is, they give me their back catalogue and say, right, this, would you like to do something with that, you know? Because it was an official album came out. Yeah, last year, album. that's right. Uh, in my opinion, it kind of watered down because we had four years of trying to clear various tracks with other record companies, but um, it kind of diluted the final product. But... You know, there's two or three tracks on there that are still quite good, quite interesting, mm. that were cleared. You know. So things like Rapture Riders, the Blondie Doors thing, which we played, that actually came out. That actually came out, came out as a single. Hits, as, yeah, as a, as it did. Track. Yeah, yeah, it was a hit in Europe, hit in America. So, so, so what's your, you know, what's your um, history of presenting these things to bands and going? This is brilliant, isn't it? Why don't we put this out? It's, it's funny what, because... How do they react? Yeah, I, I just generally, being the naughty person I am, just put it up on my website and tell everybody it's there, go and grab it. And it sort of gets around to, you know, the artists by word of mouth. And then they come to me and say, yeah, we really like that. You know, we'd like you to do something else with one of our songs. So it's, I, I've always had that kind of reaction, which is good. You get a lot of people who say, right, they get a letter from Universal or whatever, and they say, right, take it down. This is, you know, we don't want this sort of thing being put up. But I've always had the you know, the adverse side of it, where they've actually got in contact and said, right, we'd like you to do some, some more of it, here's a bit of cash, you know, 
go away and make us an, a, a, you know, a hit single or something. But they never quite want the thing that you've done at the moment. No, it's, it's kind of... Yeah. My favourite is, one of my favourites, is, is the Crowded House Weather With You with Snoop Dogg. That's right. What's yeah. it called? Yeah, yeah. What's it, what do you call the I, I, I called it uh, The Weather Episode. The Weather Episode. Yes. And, and classically, uh, as a go-home production, it starts off with something immensely familiar yeah. and then introduces something... When the vocal comes in, it's completely unexpected. It's, and yeah. I think we're going to listen to it right now. They loved it, yeah. Neil Finn loved it. They wanted to clear it, um, but Snoop Dogg and uh, was it Dr. Dre, I think it was actually. He said, uh, oh, "No, no, 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 we don't like that." So even, <laughs> even in the world of hip hop, the irony. Of oh yeah, I know. <laughs> we don't agree with sampling. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when everything wrong. they've done is completely pilfered. Yeah. But so the, the EMI can say, "Come aboard and let's try and do something with your marvelous talent." Oh, That's right. Because he wouldn't make a fortune out. Yes, and uh, and then you got you got stuck in Lawyerland, is that right? It was, yeah, for four years. We started the project round about two thousand and three, uh, and it finally came out in two thousand and seven, February last year. And who turned it down? Um, what? Which uh, artists? Yeah. Uh, Coldplay, right? For oh. one, <laughs> uh, Radiohead. Uh, Robbie Williams wanted several things that he concocted in his head that thought would work, but didn't. Uh, Queen as well. So the big guns were really turning us down, uh, which is a shame because uh, they come across as being rather humorless. You know, mm. they can't see the funny side Queen, of it. Queen, sort of, Oh, definitely. <laughs> if Sir Fred was still around, he would. yeah. Oh, he would have loved it. It's, it's the same with anybody, though, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 it's particularly with a group. You know, if you go to somebody and say, "Can we do something with something of yours?" Their standard answer yeah. is no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because. The, Nobody's got the nerve to say, oh, have a go. You know? yeah. The singer doesn't want to say, have a go, in case it turns out not to be brilliant. Yeah. The bass player you know, teases them about it for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Whereas if you just do it and stick it up, then they, they can actually hear it and you know, the finished thing is there. Exactly, and yeah. All they're doing really is kind of... Uh, I think know, that's the problem. Thing. EMI would just saw there's something here we could make loads of money out and it could be really big and successful. And at the end of the day, I think it's better left slightly sort of underhand and, yeah. you know, like that, the way it's distributed. So I think commercially mashups are a little bit... There's not much point in doing them, really. You know. So what's your personal favourite of the ones you've done? Um, anything involving XTC, anything involving the Beatles, anything involving the Stones. Why, why those? Because I love them. Right. <laughs> They're my favourites. And because yeah. you're so familiar with the tune exactly. in the first place, yeah. you hear possibilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. How does Mr. Partridge? Mr. Partridge. Partridge. Oh, he loves it. I, I actually spent a, a wonderful day with him about three years ago in his shed, and he played me all he this unreleased stuff. Shed, He's got a shed he? with his recording studio in there, and he sits in there and looks at porn on the internet all day, as he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> so, imagine splattering his, pa his plank, you know, throughout the day. And, uh, should we, should we take legal advice on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Partridge is never a problem. Oh, he's, he's, he's a lovely, absolutely lovely guy. But no, he, he'd heard it all and said, oh, you know. Uh, he says, oh, you can have the entire XTC back catalogue and do what wow. you want with it. Fantastic. But I, within my heart, I couldn't do it because of their kind of riff with Virgin EMI. So 
I knew that he wouldn't see a lot of money from it if it was commercially successful. So I thought, no. So what, what bits do you need to do this? Uh, a computer. Right, okay. A big hard drive. Right. Uh, a musical ear. And uh, lots and lots of records and CDs and good imagination. So there's a lot of big trade on the internet in, so, in so-called acapellas. What does oh, that yes. Uh, well, the acapellas is basically the vocal-only track. Right. <laughs> high court judge. Yeah. Yeah. So you have an uh, Where did you get it from? Video <laughs> what yes. does that mean? <laughs> 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 oh, isn't here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so go on. I mean, how do people get those acapellas? So they go back to the studio, the original master tape. I think oh. in, in in a sort of 2002 days, uh, you would actually find on 12-inch singles of, of you know releases there would be an acapella track on there. On a lot of hip hop and, and sort of dance yeah. stuff, it would be on there as like the extra bonus track. So that's got a value. That's yeah, it's exactly. Just the vocal without. Any but I, I think recently, with the whole kind of Beatles anthology and, and and everybody digging back into the archives and remixing and remastering things, a lot of the separate parts have leaked out. I mean, I have. I don't know whether I should say this. I have the separate parts of the whole Sgt Pepper album, but I wouldn't want to do anything with it. All the Beatles stuff I did was like three years ago. But I just sit, I've spent the whole weekend listening to the Beatles, listening to these wonderful parts, and it's just now, a sit there. You're with, going to have to go slowly now. What do you mean by the separate parts? Well, basically, when George Martin produced the albums, I think they're all done on four tracks. They did a lot of bouncing down, so they'd do like, the rhythm track or record it live and just record the drums and the bass in one channel, vocals in another, orchestral parts in another. So there'd be four tracks that have probably got a little bit of bouncing down on each track, um, but they're the separate parts. That's the vocal, the bass drums the guitars, and any sort of extra bits and pieces. So, so you could go back and just listen to... What, you know, what's your, what's your, the best bit that you've heard this weekend? Oh, crumbs. I'm the walrus. The, uh, the string parts are just amazing. You know, hearing, hearing the cellos and, and things like that in isolation is just... So you can hear the musicians breathing and so yeah. forth, can you? you hear yeah. the squeaking of the instruments yeah. that get them into well, With the, the door stuff, you could. The, the great stuff with the doors, uh, with Morrison's vocal, it's like you can hear other sort of instruments bleeding through yes. into his vocal track, and you can hear him putting down bottles and... <laughs> you know, all this kind of thing. It's great to hear, and you can hear his heavy breathing in between. It's, it's, it's so eerie just to turn the lights out and listen to you know someone who's passed on doing their thing back in the day. It's a very strange the, experience. The biggest one thing with Beatles parts was when uh, Danger Mouse did the Grey album, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Taking the vocals from Jay-Z's Black album and putting yeah. it together with bits from the Beatles' White album. He, he did it in a very hip-hop sort of way. He, he did it where he took elements of the guitars or, or backing tracks and, uh, and sort of added kind hip-hop of drums. Stuff, and yeah. I, I thought, I mean, I, it got a lot of attention, but I thought it was pretty shit, to be honest. I thought it was, it was pretty, uh, you know, mediocre. Uh, the stuff I did with the Beatles, I was quite proud of because I mixed them with the monkeys and sort of did a lot more interesting things than Danger Mouse did. But and I did it a year before him as well. But uh, that that Grey album thing, I think, was the kind of big. It got up EMI's nose and, right. and caused the big sort of reaction. But uh, yeah. and there's some some people have posted some stuff on the site in the last week, WordMagazine.co.uk, about mucking about with it. Is it what do we call it? Five point one. Yeah, 5.1 stereo. Yeah, 5.1 stereo? Yeah. Mm. Go on, it's it's basically oopsing. It's, it's, it's out of phase. But with, um, with 5.1, you have all the separate channels are spread across the, the kind of stereo surround. So you can actually sort of focus in on certain parts. And people have released stuff of, uh, of like all the, it was basically the anthology stuff. So you're getting like the, the separate parts are actually being pulled by 
people with very nice technology and modern sort of sus to do it, you know. They're kind of remixing them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's ABBA or, you know. Yeah. Oh, the ABBA stuff is amazing because that, that's what they call out of phase. It's oopsing where um, you actually invert one channel and then swap it back, turning it from stereo to mono, and you end up with a, a kind of a full track, but it's, you'll find the backing vocals are more prominent. Or, uh, or the guitar is more prominent. And, and there's people on the internet who make an oopsing album of, say, Revolver. And it's just listening to a sort of a well-known album, but in this slightly, you're hearing other things uh, are more prominent in the mix. It's, it's fun. It's fascinating, because yeah. people want to hear what's already familiar, but just tweet. Yes. They want well, something a bit Well, that was, that, that was the basis of 12-inch remixes in Star Memorial. You know, you, mm. just want, you want the song that you like, only more of it. You want the song that you like, only in a slightly different form. Yes. You want three minutes of an instrumental of it before the proper song starts and mm. it's taken a long time but this seems to be like taking over music in general yep. Is yep. It gonna, do you think it's going to spread to other media you know is it going to get to the stage where all the rushes of a film become available and people start kind of recutting it I think well, it probably would yeah I think it probably would go that way because it, it seems to be that the, the kind of media of the, of the finished product is now getting into the hands of the fans and they're doing their own kind of version of it because they've got the technology and the time to do it you know it's very easy to do and it's you know sort of show, showcasing a, a, a kind of a production talent that people might have well, when, I, when I was shown round recently to the, the EMI archive um, and, and you know they, they keep everything that they paid for, you yeah, know, yeah. and so that used to involve tape. Well, now it involves huge, great hard drives mm, yeah. delivered to them with absolutely everything on it because post Beatles anthology, yeah. where the biggest, you know, the, the biggest money maker of EMI in the last fifteen years was a bunch of records made in nineteen sixty-three. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, studio sweepings which weren't regarded as being of any commercial value for years. Mm. Well, who's to say you might not be able to do the same thing with Pink Floyd, Radiohead? Yeah, God knows exactly. who in the future, you know, mm. when, when everybody's dead and gone, that he yeah. might have some, you know, some afterlife. And the irony is that when the, all these records were made, it was that was the kind of absolute nadir of disposability. It was the minute a television program was made, scrap it. Tell yes. it Once yeah. it's gone out, yeah, yeah. throw it in yeah. the bin. Yeah. Reuse yeah. the tape. You know, these, you know, you've got Quatermass, but uh, you need the tape. So let's record a news report over it. All these things. This is interesting, actually. One of the things that we I talked to Mark Cooper in one of our backstage podcasts, which started doing. Mark Cooper is the BBC's creative head of music, uh, and he's talking about how in the, in in the near future you will be able to access pretty much anything from the BBC, you know, yeah. archive. Mm. Yeah, as long as you pay, you know, they, they can clear. You know, back performances from years back. So, you know, you will definitely have access to this stuff. The Word. A magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life. Talking of stuff and the strange afterlife of music. Yes. Um, Fog Hat, as a name, will mean nothing to you. <laughs> but if Mark Allen was here, you know, a little tear would, would, you know, would trickle from the corner of his eye. Fog Hat with a most no-hoper... You know, boogie band in yeah. the late sixties, early seventies in the United States. You know, if, if you were looking for a model for Spinal Tap, Fog Hat kind of be it. Right? <laughs> they were the butt of everybody's joke. They're laughing now because they have one of the biggest hit tracks on Guitar Hero. Ah, this this thing that we've been talking about recently ah. and it's featured in the current issue of Word, isn't it? It is. Um, and yesterday I got to play with it. Thanks to uh, a son of a friend of mine, uh, thanks to Cassidy, who showed me how to play Guitar Hero. Have you had a go? No. 
I tried to have a go and was pathetic at it. It's very difficult. It is difficult. You look at it and you go, ah, how hard can that be? Pretend to play guitar. That must be easy. And then you have a go and you just crack. You're not really pretending to play guitar, are you? Really? No, you it's, a, it's an entirely <laughs> different skill. Yeah. that happens to be in the shape of a guitar. But basically, you know, it's, it's swept the, you know, the nation and the yeah. states and so forth. Made an absolute fortune. And all the tracks on that are the most kind of, you know, heads down, no nonsense, yeah. fantastic, yeah. mindless movie you've ever come across, you know. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's got old Rolling Stones and it's got Black, Black Sabbath Paranoid, yeah. Yes. yeah. But that's not the real version. Go on. Oh, oh, I, have, I have the separate parts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the advantage of Guitar Hero, is you can actually separate, the, all the tracks are separate. See, I've, I've got Gimme Shelter off of the Guitar Hero as eight separate parts. So, so But I don't think it, the, the people who do Guitar Hero, I don't think they know that yet. Well, they will now. So, Guitar Hero is, is fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. I tried to play Gim Shelter yesterday, and that sounded to me like the real version. But it when was. when I played Lagrange by ZZ Top, it didn't it's sound not. to me like the real no, version. No, same with Black, Black Sabbath track, it's not the real version. So, if anybody out there has played Guitar Hero and has spotted anything you know that's masquerading as something it shouldn't be, let us know about it. Wordmagazine.co.uk. Do you think there'll be a Guitar Hero indie version? Where, you, where there's no Ripola, you just stand there, <laughs> you know, listlessly strumming. <laughs> yeah, my bloody Valentine. Guitar hero. That would be brilliant. Absolutely. One wall of noise guitar. Yeah. Jesus and Mary Yeah. 18 minutes oh, of drone. Yes. Or even better, Napalm Death. Oh. Very, very short. <laughs> the word. So you can you can catch up with Mark's uh, Mark's uh, most recent bootlegs, not mashups. Bootlegs, yes. On on goonproductions.com, is that right? Dot co. uk. Dot co. Yes. Very English. And if yes. you get that quickly before the lawyers, you can probably download uh, you know the most most recent bunch. Yes, you can. And also, you can look at the videos. He's gone further. He's made mashup videos. I've had too much time on my hands here. Yes. <laughs> but he's made a very kind offer. Mark and I went for a drink last week, and he's made a very kind offer. Uh, further to the fact that we had a competition on the website where Matthew. Right. I would write yeah. a song. <laughs> Mark, if you can suggest a good enough idea for a mashup, bootleg. Mark will have a listen. A bootleg. Mark will listen to it. See if there's anything in it. Yes. And if it's a really good idea, he'll do it. I'll give oh. it a go. Mm. So, you know, preferably two things from different genres, you say? Yeah, I think the more extreme, the better. Okay, and you were saying something to me about the key that they were in. Was that right? Um, I can find that out. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh, the, so there's no prescription other than no. the fact that they take If it, it sounds good in their head, then we'll and give it a go. And they tend to be quite familiar things. Yes. One very familiar one, maybe yep. slightly, slightly less familiar. But yep. not obscurities. Or no, 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 no. So, fun for all the family, so, you know, you can have a go at that. So... We've all spent half our lives interviewing rock stars, and we all think we've thought of all the questions to ask them. But Mick Brown and The Telegraph last week asked Paul Weller a question that I've never had. The, it's a perfectly obvious question, but it never occurred to me. He says, what do you spend your money on? Did you say this? <laughs> well, it was Paul I, Weller. I have to put my hand on I, I ask people that all oh, the well, time. <laughs> I ask people, I say, what do you spend your money on? And they look, they, they look at you like you said, well, like, how, how often do you have sex with your wife? They go, what do you mean? What do you spend your money on? And then you sort of badger a little bit, and then they say, PlayStation to play Guitar Hero, or they say, <laughs> or they say guitars. You know. But yeah, yeah, it's a good question to ask. It's them. a very good question, and he got, he got a really good response, which was, school fees. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that's that's be Paul Mick, Weller. Mick must have been sitting there, with the, you know, across from Paul Weller, uh, you know, having a cup of coffee, or whatever, it's a posh hotel. 
Mm. Cappuccino day, Paul Weller. Well, yeah. And as mm. soon as Paul Weller says that, he knows he has to pursue that line without looking as if he's really interested. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you do that, um, you, know, you spend most of your exchanges with people in interviews are very unpromising. And when yeah. somebody occasionally says something like that, your pulse races. Yeah. <laughs> I'm onto something. Yeah. I mean, you, but you're quite right. You have to not... You, you've got to yeah. make sure your pupils don't just, you know, dilate in yes. any way. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be Paul Redwedge-Weller. Well, Paul Redwedge-Weller, uh, uh, five children, yes. um, all private, privately educated. <laughs> I give him points. He talks about it. Yeah. And, and he says that the reason... The reason why is just brilliant. He says, well, I don't want him coming home talking like Ali G. Oh! <laughs> Brilliant. Good Lord. I just think, you know, if you ever want to... Hey, Dave, it's a big decision in a town called Malice. Really <laughs> to... I just think it's hilarious. Because mm. everything in Paul Weller's career has been utterly obsessed with the idea of class, hasn't well, it? Somebody mm. texted me at the, the day after the mayoral election. Suck up your beer and collect your Collect your pounds. <laughs> 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 Of course, the Eaton Rifles yeah. have taken I think we should be calling him the Eaton Trifle. <laughs> That's what he is. But anyway, so, so Paul Weller said in his kids, they've gone private. They've gone up in the world. Well, yeah, so, uh, I think the, the eldest of them is, is now, as the oldest child of every rock star in town, is, is now a DJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. They run a club night, you know, yeah. somewhere. Or start their own band. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they, it was the idea of the accent was the thing that killed me. Yeah. Just fall well, like, every time I've ever had anything to do with them, it's always struck me that you're one of those examples of people kind of aspir aspiring downwards rather than upwards. I always yeah. get the feeling Paul Weller probably came from fairly comfortable. Well, I've done some woking, isn't he? I mean, he's done as a builder. He's done as a builder. He's done as a self-employed builder. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not bash street. Big John. <laughs> and, and everything was always, oh, oh, just one of those. You know what I mean? But also, that's, well, that's punk rock, that, isn't it? That is punk rock. You had to during punk rock, you know. Uh, son of the diplomatic service, Jay Strummer, had to, yeah, had to uh, you know stay connected to the West Way and all the rest of it. They all had to do it. Because my, my theory is that the, the vast majority of rock stars come from what you might call lower middle class background. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do a feature <laughs> where, and I don't know how you could do it, where you got loads of pictures of the houses that rock stars grew up in. All, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like John Lennon was a classic case of this. John Lennon, working class hero. He yeah. was brought up by his aunt Mimi and perfectly yeah. comfortable. Mm. Semi-detached, yeah. you know, yeah. not a wild amount of money to splash around, but nobody did in those days. But respectable, yeah. you know, cap-wearing, you know, Grammar school boy. Are you, really, are you really talking about getting Sean Ryder to stand next to him from Coldplay, stand next to him from Pink Floyd? I look down on him. <laughs> I'm a class rock star. I know my place. I look up to him. I'm working class. But I'm just really intrigued to see their houses, you see, because they all come from that background, and I think they've all spent most of their life denying But is that not rock and roll all over, Dave, the reinvention of the self? into something that's a bit more exciting than the boring person you really are. Be. It has to be. But they, okay. Getting right, back to the point there, didn't, didn't Weller go, oh, and haircuts, of course. <laughs> School fees and haircuts. Yeah. New boots and panties. <laughs> School fees and haircuts. <laughs> well, it's a, good, it's a good question. Yeah. And, uh, and I shall ask it in future. Um, you know, do you want to be... What was the, the, the classic five standard interview questions that... Uh, uh, what's her name? The American Barbara Walters always comes up with. She has five questions that yeah. never fail. I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> what makes I'll you... tell Andrew. Andrew All right, yeah. But uh, you know, the thing is, what's your idea of perfect happiness? What's the last time you cried? Uh, 
Who would you like to wake up in a hospital bed next to, not a hotel bed? Hospital <laughs> <laughs> bed, hotel bed, or whatever. Yeah. No, so it's all things that encourage people to have very specific responses. Yeah. yeah. But they trigger off kind of... Exciting conversation, wider, yes. You know, wider emotional mm. association. A magazine, a website, a podcast, The Word. Did you see, you see on the website, you've got to remind me, Daphne and Celeste. Daphne and Celeste? Yes. Pop Sensation. T-Pop Sensations. How many years ago? Five years ago? 98. 98. Not 88. 98. I just was amazing. We're on Dave time. There was... 88, 98, 68. It was in the new money, Dave. It all took place in the new money. Anyway, move on. The... Somebody posted on the site uh, that there was a thread about what's the worst reception anybody else ever had on stage. And yeah. somebody's posted some footage of them at the Reading Festival. Oh, yes. yes. They got where that. they are just pelted with bottles. But did they get a worse reception than the equally famous video of 50 Cent on Fiddy at oh, Reading? Right. Where Fiddy. people are not just throwing bottles filled with the contents of the toilet at him. You see, they're throwing chairs at him. You see chairs flying through the air and, and, and they're raining down on him. Have you ever thrown anything at anybody on stage? Go on, there's an amnesty. Go on. Um, no. <laughs> My scorn, but apart from that. I don't think I am, actually. <laughs> no, I haven't, no. I oh, couldn't bring myself to do it. No. It's Kevin... horrible behaviour. It is. It is. Despicable. Didn't Kevin Rowlands get bad uh, reception when he turned up in a dress? Well, he was, yeah, yeah if he was wearing his lingerie that? like yeah, he did for a while. That was, yeah, that was yeah. weird, but I don't think the three things... Was that it just pity? I think people were just actually rather terrified. And, yeah... That was shocking. It was shocking. <laughs> so we, we, we don't approve of that at all, do we? No, 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 no. If you don't like it, no. go to the bar. Yeah. It'll be over. Have you ever tried to get a drink at Reading? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, have you ever been to Reading? Some of the bands on, you'd be filling a bottle with your endurance day and it through the air. Also on YouTube, we've only just come across it, but clearly it's been raging through the nation for the last year, is the Kersal Mass. Oh, my <laughs> word. Which is just... Unbelievable. The Kersal Mass is Kersal of District of Manchester, Matt. You're our Mancunian yeah. correspondent, yeah. aren't you? It is yeah. Salford, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, is it one of the leafier, uh, nicer parts? I don't think you'd go there on a day trip. <laughs> is it well ghetto? <laughs> it's well ghetto. Okay. Well ghetto, mate. Can you do that in Mancunian, please? Well ghetto. Yeah, nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it consists of, you know, I don't like to fling the word chav around too freely, but, you know, they do seem to rather ask for it, don't they? Three lads. I think they yeah. were staying at home because they had little uh, things <laughs> on their ankles, which meant <laughs> they, they, couldn't leave, they couldn't leave. On a mobile phone, uh, camera, yeah. um, rapping. Yeah. In, in, you can't say to you, Dave, it's socially excluded. But anyway, carry on. Socially <laughs> excluded MC. It's, it's an extraordinary sight, isn't it? It's hilarious about yeah. four seconds long. And it's led to millions of people doing, uh, doing pastiches of them. Yeah. Um, you know, including, including the Purcell Massive. Oh, that's excellent. Which, uh, excellent. Which we do recommend yeah. heartily yeah. to. That's, that's yeah. a good one. It's so, actually sweary as well, isn't it? If there's, any, if there's anything else that's uh, that's flying around on YouTube that well, you feel we've missed, let the, us know. The viewers may remember um, Taz and Beefy, which is in a similar style to the Kersal Massive. <laughs> Taz and Beefy is uh, a, a couple of MCs that just grabbed at a rave. They're not really MCs, it's just, hey mate, can you rap? We're here for the channel, whatever. <laughs> the dumb and bass channel. <laughs> yeah, channel, what, yeah, channel <laughs> thingy. <laughs> can you do it? And this, you know, Taz and, uh, Taz and Beefy um, are a couple of young lads who just as at raves. They clearly have been really enjoying the rave, if you get my meaning. And they start rapping. And the, the, the signature bit of it is just them going, beefy, 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 beefy. <laughs> this got picked up by number two pop stars Pendulum, whose album is in the charts this week. And they did a VIP hardcore drum and bass 
of Taz and Beefy, which if you do a little bit of a search on YouTube, I think it's the, the Warhead Rhythm or something. We'll put it on the site. Yeah, That's it's nice. quality stuff. It's been around for ages, but, you know, yeah, Taz and Beefy are stars. And we're going to finish with something we never thought we'd see, which <laughs> yeah. is a hilarious Bible video, isn't it? We're, we're, we're going to finish say? with some actual good Christian rap. <laughs> and I know it sounds amazing. The message is there. <laughs> yeah, I know, it, yes. It, the, the, yeah, it shows this potential and everything. Yeah, this is, um, it's called Baby Got Book. And it is a pastiche of uh, Baby Got Back, the famous Sir Mix-a-Lot tune about, let's face it, there's no hiding this, girls with big bums. Mm. Uh, this is about girls with big Bibles. <laughs> uh, Baby Got Back has got a bit of a life of its own. It, it appeared in uh, Friends when Ross... That's right. The only way yeah, to get the baby, the baby. by singing, I like big butts and I cannot lie to the baby. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's appeared on a lot of other YouTube videos, including a fantastic one of a, of a young married couple doing their first dance. And they come out and it, it starts. Oh, the married yeah. couples business is. Brilliant. Yeah, and they they come out and it, they, the, the DJ stops. Yeah, yes. they start playing the, the lady in red or something. <laughs> and then there's a sudden <laughs> on the on, as the needle is scratched across the record. And they do a choreographed routine. The baby got back. It is just quality. Search it out. But baby got book the biblical one. Ladies, oh ladies, do you want to save people from Hades? Is available <laughs> on the web website now. And you can listen to a snatch of it right now. I like big bottles and I cannot lie. You Christian brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with a KJV and a bookmark in Proverbs, you get stoked. Got a name engraved so you know this girl is saved. It looks like one of those large ones with plenty of space in the margins. Oh, baby, I want to read with you because your Bible's got pictures. My minister try to console me with that book you got makes me so holy. Oh, mama mia, you say you want koinonia? Well, bless me, bless me, and teach me about John Wesley. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. <laughs>